0: on this episode the great state of maine starting your own business and chowda on the fourth and last episode of our series celebrating women in the outdoors welcome to the almost there adventure podcast hosts, Severia Tilden, Jeff Hester, and Jason Fitzpatrick.
1: All right, everyone. We are week four of four for our Four Amazing Women for Women's History Month. Uh, We are interviewing Jen Schism tonight from good to go So the whole episode is about food. So if you're hungry, grab something to eat because all we do is talk about food this entire episode. And then not only do we talk about food, we do a taste test for food afterwards with one of our uh, other guests, Casey Schreiner. So... Get ready to get hungry. So we're very excited today to have Jen Sism joining us from
2: Good To Go. And Jen, do you want to go ahead and introduce yourself? Sure. So uh, like you just said, my name's Jen Sism. Um, I am originally from Ohio, and I moved to New York after college. I did some design work, and then I got into cooking. And I loved cooking. I did it for years, and then finally... Got sick in New York City and moved to Maine, where I met my husband, who's an avid outdoorsman. And we kind of married our two passions of cooking and outside to start our business, which is called Good to Go. And now we are making 5,000 meals a day and serving over 100,000 meals to happy hikers and backpackers, basically anyone on the go. And um, it's been really, really fun. I I love. Coming up with food concepts, I'm working on new stuff right now. So it's been a great ride. We've been doing it for a little over six years now.
1: That is very cool. I had no idea that you made that many meals a day.
0: That's that's incredible. Yeah, it, and I think I, I I seem to remember when you first came out hearing hearing like it kind of came out of tragedy, right? Wasn't there a fire or some sort of disaster that led to this this kind of change in your in your life?
2: Yeah, I was in New York, and in 2008, I really wanted to move up to Maine but the economy was not allowing that to happen and the next year my restaurant had a fire and a total loss and my business partner and I Anita Lowe we decided that I would stay and rebuild the restaurant um, you know retrain but then she would buy me out so I moved up to Maine in the summer of 2010 so almost 20 uh, almost 10 years this summer.
0: That's great. How long did it take you to understand the other Mainers and, and their, with their accent? Was that, was that an immediate thing or was there like a little bit of an adjustment period?
2: Well, I had some friends that had lived in Deer Isle, Booth Bay Harbor, and one that grew up here in Maine. And they told me, you know, the, the slang things like um, weather's coming in or they're from away. It doesn't matter where you're from. You're just not from here. You're from away. And when I started hearing that in real conversation, it was all I could do to be like, oh, my God, you actually say that out loud.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I like that. They're from away. They're from away. Yeah. I like that. I'm going to use that.
2: Massachusetts or Timbuktu. It doesn't matter. You're just not from here. (laughs) That's so funny. And what brought you to Maine in the first place? Literally, I was just looking for a place to escape. The city, New York city on the weekends. And a friend of mine grew up here and he said, why don't you check out Maine? I thought he was crazy, but you can do it round trip if you time it right in five hours. And so I bought a little house and was coming up here on the weekends and I just loved it. I loved how unique it was, how interesting the people are, the food um, and the, the, the um ocean and everything is just beautiful it's crystal clear it's beautiful very
1: cool and when you started good to go did you start at home was it like a kitchen thing i mean obviously you're like testing stuff but sort of what is what was the growth and sort of the start of good to go and how you went from right. an idea to 5000 meals a day
2: yeah well you know there's a, when you talk to any entrepreneur sometimes it's a more contrived idea but a lot of people, it's just out of something they were doing. And that's how it happened for David and I. He and I were backpacking, and we were going on longer and longer trips. And I really didn't like the food options that were out there. And David wanted to do macaroni and cheese with a can of tuna fish. And I just I just couldn't agree to that for day after day.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> so I started just wondering, could I cook... My favorite meals, our favorite meals and dehydrate them and bring them on the trail. So I started messing around with just my local, um, local, my, my traditional go-to chili marinara sauce. I I had spent a lot of time in Thailand, so I love cooking Thai food. So I just kind of started playing around with that and putting it on my tabletop dehydrator and it actually worked. So we would just take things out with us, started sharing them with people and friends. And we a lot of people came back and said, well, you know, you really should try selling this, which to me seemed, one, yay, because I was catering and I didn't love it. And two, it was a whole other thing I'd never done. I'd been in restaurants for years. So the idea of going into food manufacturing just seemed really interesting, unique. I would learn something new, which I have wildly. And it's been a great experience. I really loved every minute of it.
1: So what were some of the initial challenges that you had to face?
2: Money. Money's yeah. <laughs> money's a big one. Fair enough. Um, yeah. My my husband and I both ran up, I think, roughly $70,000 on our credit cards. Oh, wow. Um, oh, yeah. But <laughs> we just had this we had this belief that it would work. Um, and we did get, we were very lucky. We got some um, kind of bigger customers right off the bat. EMS, which is a, um, a store on the East Coast, Eastern Mountain Sports, picked us up very soon after we um, launched our first three products. And REI picked us up our second year going, So, which really helped us out. But I think... The challenges of just we started in a little teeny cape house, no joke, an 1800 square foot, you know, 50 year old cape house that the kitchen was converted to a commercial kitchen for my catering. So we cooked everything in that. But there was four of us in one office. The upstairs was rented out to a two bedroom uh, apartment. So it was tiny. We were building pallets outside um, and wrapping them in. The saran wrap, and then pulling them into a kind of a conex of a, you know big metal container until the trucks came, which we would like drag out. And in the winter, we would hook it onto the back of the truck and drag it out the driveway. <laughs> um, so we always had to have a truck with a lift gate. So I mean, it was very. There was never any space. But as we've grown, we we kind of figure out what we need, what's our challenge, what's our you know what's our strength, what's our weakness. Um, and have kind of tried to focus on, on what we can do better to improve the, the hardships.
1: And how's your production facility changed? Like what are you what are you producing out of now? I'm assuming so, it's not an eighteen square foot, eighteen hundred square foot cave no, house. No,
2: we're roughly around eight thousand square feet of pretty inefficient space, although we use every single cubic foot. We have five sets of stairs, so um, at any point, if you're looking for someone, you you could be running, running up and down stairs and not finding them and basically asking, have you seen Izzy? Have you seen David? And they'll kind of send you in one direction. Um, but we do have a, a, a very good working production floor with two 80-gallon kettles. So each kettle um, holds, it really depends on the batch, but anywhere up to... 2,000 servings, um, and then we have a really large dryer that holds, a, like all the food that dries in that day, which can be up to 5,000 um, servings of food.
0: Wow, I, I think that this, if nothing else, this kind of speaks to like if you really want to like achieve a dream or do something like work in catering, right? Because that's that'll give you the inspiration you need to like overcome whatever whatever obstacles are in front of you to to to, to be successful at it.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Catering catering or restaurants, I think everybody that's ever worked in a restaurant says you should, everybody in their entire world should be required to work in a restaurant for at least two weeks.
0: (laughs) Wow. It would definitely be a kinder, gentler world if that was the truth.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I believe I believe so, for sure.
0: So I've got a
3: story to share with you, um, Jen. I Actually, discovered your food. I don't know, pretty early on, and uh, I had taken some meals uh, when my wife and I lived overseas. We we were living in Seoul, Korea, for a year, for my wife's work, and I was in charge of all the meals. and uh, And so I'd go to the market, and there's not always the things that you're familiar with over there, and so I tried to make do. But one of the one of the meals we had. Uh, she, we, you know, she came home from work and I had, I don't know, some, a chicken breast or something that I had, I had roasted in the oven. And, and I used uh, one of the, one of your meals, the good to go meals as a side. I think it was a curry something and um, didn't tell her where I got it, you know, or how I made it. You know, she's like, Oh wow, this is really good. How, you know, how did you make this? You know, and I, I said, I'm not telling you until <laughs> after the dinner. You know, no judgment. You know, and uh, and then you know, so a little bit later that evening, I I told her, and she's like, Wow, that was really good. And I think that's a, a testament to the how delicious those meals are because um, most backpacking meals, in my experience are unpalatable. They're great in the back country after hiking for, you know, yeah. 10, 12 miles or whatever. But, uh, in, in the, in at home, it's not so good and it held up really well. So, you know, my hat's off to you.
2: Right. Thank you. I, when we first started, we had a friend who was helping me with the business plan and sort of talking, um, back and forth with him. And he said, you know, you really, you really got to get this in the hands of the backpackers and get it out there and just, see what they think when they're out backpacking. And I looked at him and I was like, "Fred, when you're backpacking, you'll eat dirt and be happy. Pretty if you much. can eat this <laughs> in your home and be happy, that's the test." And he was like, "Huh." And that that's kind of I I feel that is is very much the truth. Yeah. Um and we've actually we spent this uh Justin Hagan who's our marketing director. We just spent Last Thursday and Friday, doing a photo shoot here at my house of just doing additions and enhancing. He's calling stepping it up and adding asparagus and bacon right to the bag, um, like Ooh. cooking it and and cooking it and bringing it out in the backcountry. You know, giving um, a detailed experience of how you can do that, and then so you can because everybody likes to put their little twist and and signature on things. I think you know, very rarely do people just take something and, and even me, I'll, I'll try a recipe first, but then, then I want to put my own little twist on it. Um, so it's been really fun. And I think our food opens up that reality for people to, to do a little addition to get, like you said, cook some chicken and serve it with a Thai curry, um, cook some shrimp and serve it with a pad Thai. It's, it's your own little mark and you can kind of, you know, step it up a bit.
4: Yeah, I love that.
2: One of
1: my new favorites is your kale um, and white bean soup. And I put a string cheese, I was back in the back country and I put a string cheese in there and it melted and made it all cheesy and gooey. It was so good. (laughs) That That was my embellishment. Everything with cheese is better.
0: (laughs) That is true, yeah. So how many like meals did you start with and and like how many do you have now? And like, like, do you have any others in the works?
2: Right, Um, so we started with three which was the um, smoked three-bean chili, Thai curry, and mushroom risotto. And we still have those. We now have um, 11 different meals, and we've kind of been limited by space. But uh, this year, I think we'll probably release two more meals, um, which I'm keeping under wraps. Oh. Until they're they're ready to be, I'll I'll probably release them at the OR show in June, and then another couple more in the fall. So I, I'm back in the kitchen, which is super fun for me. Um, although I, running a business is fun, and I've learned a lot. Uh, I prefer playing with food than playing with Excel.
0: No, oh, no, absolutely. And have you ever have you found that like having an outdoor oriented business and launching it yourself has basically had the unfortunate side effect of making it almost impossible to find time to actually spend time in the outdoors is that been your experience as well
2: um yes i we we've, we've tried to improve actually that's how i met severia last year mm-hmm. um, i was offered to go to a, an all women's hiking trip and i'm so thick into work and everybody at work was like jen go just go and so that was that was Probably one of my bigger trips last year. Yes, I do find that I, I don't spend enough time outside, although um, we're, we're trying to get better at it, for sure. Um, my husband's probably a little better than I am. He just uh, skied up. There was a road race skiing up Mount Washington this Saturday, so mm. he and a couple of buddies did that for uh, a charity called uh, Granite Backcountry Alliance about, to promote backcountry skiing here. In New England and so he's really good I I'm more I in reality he is the outdoors guy I'm more trying to figure out how I can cook more in my kitchen <laughs>
0: <So>. <laughs> I, I, I guess a little bit to good. when did you start first start hiking and backpacking in outdoors was that something you started young or, or did you not start till later in life
2: no really I was a car camper um, but it I wasn't when my husband and I first started dating he asked me how far have I been from a road? And literally I thought about it and I'm thinking maybe the top of Vail mountain.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, we got to change that. So he got me, we went to, um, REI, I think $1,500 later, I had a pack <laughs> and boots and, you know, the whole, the whole gear set up. Um, and we, just started going out you know single nights um, weekends then started going out at a week at a time then we went out to the cascades did the adirondacks so we've now i feel like i'm very seasoned but i really didn't start hiking till probably 12 years ago
0: oh wow cool yeah
2: cool. So it's, it's relatively new for me um and I love it. I have to say, I love the fact that my phone doesn't work. And even if it does, I tell everybody it doesn't.
3: <laughs> That's nice that you can do that, right? Yeah. And <laughs> unplug. Yeah. I got a question about the meals. So you've got a, did you say eleven meals now, or different
0: yeah. things? Yeah, okay.
3: eleven. Have you had any that didn't work, or that you tried, and maybe you never launched it, but you know, like you thought, oh, this one might be good, and and it turned out not so much.
2: Um. Yeah. They. They usually. We haven't had anything hit the market that doesn't work, um, and that happened a lot more in the beginning. But as we've, as I've worked on this and started knowing what works and doesn't work, I can usually figure it out in my head before I spend a lot of time and money on just pounding my head and going, "This isn't going to work at all." Um, so. But there are things that just, and then there's just things that I would love to do that, that doesn't make any sense. I'm like, if I could do Chinese dumplings, we'd be millionaires. <laughs> <laughs> Especially it's Chinese New Year's. I'm like, oh my God, I, I would love to be able to do dumplings. How about sushi? Come on. But I mean,
3: does <laughs> <laughs> sense. Dehydrated oh sushi.
0: Yeah, right.
1: <laughs> I feel like there could be like a wonton soup, something, right? It's yeah. kind of, I
2: don't know. I like it. Yeah. So, so there there's things that you know I I know and and the one thing that I, I am very adamant about when it comes to any new meals is that we make food in a bag so food in a bag goes into a bowl so it's food that be, should be served in a bowl nothing that should be um, plated nothing that should have like I I it cracks me up, everybody laughs, but lasagna, I'm like, that's layered, that's layered, you can't have lasagna in a bag.
0: <laughs> it's true. Yeah. It actually is You're true. You're not wrong. Well, yeah. See, you just turn it to like, you change it to like lasagna stew, right? What? So then it's like, you know, you don't, then the, any sense of the structure of it is, is lost and you can you can yes, kind of get away with it.
2: <laughs> or called like baked, baked, you know, baked pasta or something. Yeah. I don't know, I yeah. don't know. I, maybe I'm th- too literal about this, but. Yeah, there is. so anything that I think, you know, makes sense that uh, goes in a bowl and also rehydrates really well, you know, quickly enough for people. Um, and we try to hit a lot of, you know, Severia said she loved the kale and the white bean, which I think is, like, the perfect winter food. But then not everybody loves that, but not everybody likes spicy food because we have a bibimbap. So, you know, we try and hit a little bit of... Um, Thing, different things so that uh, everybody can be happy, maybe not with everything, but with something on our our meal selections.
1: So without giving away any of your trade secrets, what do you think really makes you stand out from some of the other brands that are out there? Um,
2: I think, I, I hate to toot to my own horn because I'm actually not kind of like that, but I think it really is the fact that... Um, we're a small business that I'm there cooking I, I'm creating the food we're not food scientists we don't claim to be we have a, a real kitchen and I I have friends that always said you know you can taste the love in your food I our lead cook this woman Adley she she loves cooking we all love cooking it's about it's not about mass production which is you know, for 5000 that's actually really kind of tiny in, in the world of food manufacturing. Um, we, we can even call ourselves small batch at this point, you know. Um, and I think that really comes through is that we are just this artisanal, um, artisanal food brand for um, dehydrated food and that we cook all our meals. Um, we don't buy a bunch of dehydrated or freeze-dried ingredients and match them up and try and create flavors with dried product. We, we create paste. We cook things, um, which is uh, – it's. some people do that. Some, some businesses do that. Some businesses don't. But I feel that for us it really brings um, our ability to bring strong – clean flavors through and we'll always stick with doing it that way we call it the secret sauce <laughs> literally
3: so it's kind of like the uh, the craft brewery versus uh budweiser kind of yeah so, right so. <laughs> yeah. It, it, there's,
2: now there's it's, it's funny because now there's more brands coming out that are um, better for you and they'll they'll come out and tell you know like our marketing they're like oh we studied good to go we're doing everything you do and i'm like oh geez, thanks
3: um, <laughs>
2: the highest <okay>. compliment <laughs> yeah
3: imitation is the highest form of flattery it right? is absolutely
2: so david kind of equates it to you know there's budweiser and then there's the sierra nevada and then there's the little micro bruce and he's like we're kind of like the sierra nevada and i'm like i love sierra nevada so I'm like great. I'm I'm happy to be acquainted to Sierra Nevada. That yeah, that's that great. Is a good analogy yeah. actually. Yeah. I like
0: that. Well, I mean, I, do you would you want to grow bigger than you are? I mean, is that I mean
2: Yeah, I would love to be able to um be more efficient right. in the sense of I think we do have inefficiencies in our production line. Um so you know, I the t- the the type of person I am and, and my husband and actually everybody at good to go, you are all like a students and angry. If we got a B plus kind of crew, you know, it's just like, so I think we're all there striving to always better what we're doing. Uh, it's just the, the, and it's not a, it's not a pressure from David and I, I think that it's kind of funny, you know, anybody comes in and they're like, Oh, if the you know, we just have to, Everybody comes in with their own unique need to be the best at what they do, which is pretty fun to have that kind of crew around you, just people that want to excel. How many employees do you have working at Good2Go? Right now we have 19, so mostly full-time. I think we have a couple part-timers. What, as
1: a woman entrepreneur, what advice would you give other women out there who are trying to turn their passion into their dream, or, you know, for you as a profession and a passion and back to a profession, um, what advice would you give women or anyone in general, actually? What advice would right. you give
2: anybody? I think a lot of, I, I'm just thinking, I this is not my first um, business that I started, and it's it's gone very well, knock on wood, um, and my restaurant did very well. I think what benefited me and the whole crew is that we We did a lot of research um, before we jumped in, um, and it was a passion. So you kind of need both of those. You need to have your passion, but you also need to, like, then sit back and say, okay, does this make sense as a business? How would I run this as a business? Um, And then ask a lot of questions. And we spent a good year and a half before we even um, launched one product, Developing good to go as a brand, developing our meals, developing how we were going to distribute. Um, it's a it it takes a lot of thought and um, help from from advisors. I I work heavily with the the people at Score, um, which is SBA sponsored. I have um, wonderful consultants, and I think the best thing that I could do, and I still try to do now is know what I'm best at, um, what I'm most happy doing. Um, and obviously there's lots of hats that I have to wear, but if there's ones that don't fit me so well, I, I seek out someone that can give me the good advice. It's not always, I don't need to hear, um, you know, I'm not a Pollyanna. I I would like to know the truth, but you, you, seek out help and then, you know, go with what your gut says is the, your best foot forward.
0: Do you, currently, do you have a favorite of your own? What's your favorite flavor uh, of your own meals?
2: Um, it's kind of like asking some, a mother, like, who's your favorite child?
0: <laughs> um, yeah.
2: But, uh, yeah, and I have to say, like, sometimes it's like the one that I'm creating right now because I'm working with it and tasting it. Um, but in the end, I think... My I spent a lot of time in Southeast Asia. I took um, a year off with my uh, Anita Lowe, my past business partner um, and partner, and we traveled in Southeast Asia. So I think probably my favorites are either the Thai curry or the pad Thai. I just, to me, that is my go-to food. I love um, Southeast Asian, Asian food in general. So, um, but that, you know, but... Actually, the kale and white bean soup for me right now in a cold Maine winter, I have that at lunch often.
3: Awesome, nice. One of the other things I'll say that I really like about um, Good to Go meals is that you offer single servings. Yeah, and a lot. It seems like I don't know of anybody else that has like a single serving, you know, dinner. And, um, that's really handy. How did you come up on doing that or decide to do that? And, and how's that worked out?
2: Right. In the beginning, we only had, um, double servings and our motto was always that a double serving should truly feed two people. Um, so when I test a meal, I'll, I'll usually test it as a single and I'll give it to a like four staff, and I'll say, okay, you have to eat this whole bowl of food in 15 minutes, because no one eats out in the backcountry longer than 15 minutes. You have to eat the whole thing, and it, and if people finish too quickly and are hungry, then it's not enough. And if they can't finish it, it's too much. Um, you know, they've obviously working in the office, so their appetites aren't quite. If you hiked 15 miles, but the understanding is, you know, how to to do a serving size. But then we realized that a lot of people, um, you know, they'll, if they were really avid, they might do have a double for dinner. But then there are people like me, even if I go out and do 10 miles with my husband, I don't, I only want a single meal. And sometimes I don't want to eat what he's eating. So we always travel with singles just so one, we try to hand them out on the trail just because David's like, they look nice. I gave him a pad tie and I'm like, okay, <laughs> but, it, but, um, it's just fun. Cause you can share, um, change it up, you know, Have you can split it halfway and you don't have to have the same thing. So we've, we've really had a lot of success with the singles and they're, they're, you know, exactly half of a double. So it's not like it's less than or more than, so it's, you know, one serving or two. I, we wanted to keep it really simple. It works, yeah. yeah. And I know you mentioned
1: it earlier, but how? So you said there's some new fla- uh, new flavors coming out. Are they breakfast? Are they you know more dinner savory? Can you give us any right. insights? I'm working on a,
2: a couple savory dinners and a couple breakfast yes. items right now.
0: Awesome, very nice.
2: Yeah. Well, if you need any left coast testers, yeah, um, some, some food
0: testers. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I'm, I'm always working on a couple like um, dessert things up the sleeve too. Every yeah, once in a while, I'll, I'll, you know, at two thirty in the afternoon, I'm like, "Wait, we need cookies. <laughs> <laughs> I need to come up with some dessert so that we can break into it in the afternoon." Do
0: Do you have a bestseller? Is there are, are a couple of bestsellers, ones that that that's outsell the others?
2: Um, for the most part, I'd have to say the pad Thai and the risotto have always um, led led the 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 whole group. But it also um, depends on the seasonality, where pad time might be slower in the winter, but it really picks up in the summer, Um, and vice versa with the the stew and the chowder. So it really kind of depends, but I'd have to say, like, our Thai curry, Um, we got a Backpacker Magazine Editor's Choice Award with that the first year we started, and it's just, you know, it's... Like I said, I spent um, a lot of time in Southeast Asia and Thailand, and and I was actually serving it at one of the OR shows, oh gosh, probably five years ago, and this Thai woman came up to me, and she was like, oh my God, this is the best Thai food, the best Thai curry I've had outside of Thailand. She's like, it tastes just like my mother's. And to me, it was like the biggest compliment ever. I was like, wow, (laughs) thank you.
3: That is is really awesome. (laughs) Yeah. So, what's what's for dinner, Jen? Yeah. <laughs>
2: oh God, for dinner tonight, I don't know. I I actually had we had a giant um, uh, lunch because I I went out to get um, a, a meal that I'm working on. I I wanted to kind of try uh, what a local restaurant was doing, and so we got that. So I think I I might be full <laughs> from all I <laughs> ate today. I love that that's research. Yeah.
1: I just had to go get some delicious thing for
2: lunch so I could try to.
1: Recreate which is it. super,
2: which I really think is fun. Like when I was yep. coming up with the bibimbap, we had to, we kept going into Boston and trying, you know, different bibimbap at different Korean restaurants. Cause I mean, I'm, I, I can't get to Korea quickly. Um, so, and I, I, in New York, I have to say, um, I'm going to show my New York colors here. Yeah, like there's nothing like New York restaurants you know, there's so many people that, first generation, that they're creating these amazing dishes. So if I could be in New York to try and test things out when I'm doing stuff, I, I would. But I, I, I will happily go to Boston. They have some great restaurants. So, yeah, this is the fun part of my job is, you know, I'm coming up with a dish, go eat it at a different, uh, you know, a million different restaurants and see how it goes. So is there
1: any, are there any traditional New England meals maybe out in the future?
2: Um, I always kind of toy around with uh, a lobster mac and cheese, but I don't think it's really practical. Um, Lobster doesn't uh, dehydrate and rehydrate very well. It comes back really fishy. Um, But still, that is, if I could do it, it's kind of like the the Chinese dumplings. If I could do it, I'd be a millionaire. Yeah. <laughs> awesome.
0: Is that kind of where you start your process? Like how well, like a like whatever the, the most prevalent ingredient is, like rehydrates, is that like the root of it?
2: Kind of, yeah. Some things just don't come back very well, um, no matter what form they are. And especially um, the process of freeze drying and dehydrating is different. Yeah. Um, so some things that... Freeze dry really well, um, don't dehydrate very well, and vice versa. Um, and then the way they come back, the good thing that we like about dehydrated food is that it comes back with a chew, um, that it retains the texture of its original form. Whereas I feel that freeze drying sometimes it's like a cheese puff. You know, you add water to it and it comes back a little smushy. Um, but there, it's also good in the sense of some other things that rehydrate, there's a less um, waiting. So there's a there's a give and take, and, and I know that, and I have to think about it and kind of um, figure out what works best for our meal selection and developing and staying true to what our customers like and would like to see from us.
0: So is one of the – I mean, I'm just going to take a wild guess here. Is one of the ones that you're not telling us about a macaroni and cheese and can of tuna? Is that that one of the secret flavors that you're you're coming up with?
2: Um, Please don't tell that to any of our competitors because that's completely under wraps right now.
0: (laughs) Trade secrets. Trade
2: Trade secrets. I'm going to make you sign a DNA. Okay. Sorry.
0: NDA, yes.
2: NDA, NDA. NDA, yes. So. Awesome. awesome. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's been a, it's been super fun
0: chatting. Thank you so much, Jen.
2: Well, it's been nice to meet you guys, yeah. and it's very so good to talk to you again. You Thank too. you so much for including me. Yeah, yeah. of course. Thank you.
0: Thanks Take
1: for care.
2: joining us. Bye.
0: So after that great interview we had with Jen and good to go, we thought it would be a good idea to taste test a bunch of her meals. Uh, so we're back at HQ. Also joining us for this is the great uh, Casey Schreiner. He just did an interview for a future episode, uh, but he's also because we have manners, he's also going to be testing these along with us. So what do we have, Jeff?
3: Well, we have. We'll start with the kale and white bean stew, which is a hearty stew with fennel and thyme. We have the New England corn chowder. And that's how it's spelled, actually. (laughs) Uh, With sweet potato and smoked fish. Interesting. Chicken gumbo, New Orleans-style gumbo with okra, chicken, and rice. And a Mexican quinoa bowl with butternut squash and black beans in a mole poblano sauce. Sounds awesome. Actually, I've had that, and so I kind of know what to expect there. So I'm going to say let's start with the kale and white bean stew and go from there. Sounds good.
1: Perfect.
3: So we actually have uh, single serving packages, uh, which is nice. And on this, they have the instructions are kind of fun. First of all, remove the oxygen oxygen absorber. That's kind of standard. Um, add a little more than one and a half cups of boiling, yes, boiling w- water to the bag. And they have a little uh, vaguely approximate fill line marked on the side of the bag. So that's actually what I used rather than measuring it out. So we'll see how vaguely appropriate fill line pans out. Uh, stir and reseal and then hang out for 15 minutes, which we've been hanging out for 15 minutes. And we were supposed to think about how big the
4: universe is. So Casey, did you, did you think about how big the universe is? Well, it's, just, it's ever expanding, isn't it? So it's always bigger than the moment that you're thinking of it. All right, I'm gonna dish a little bit of this out on a plate and pass it around.
1: So I've also had this, uh, this stew before. This was, I think, on the interview, the one I talked about. I threw a cheese stick in there. Oh, I made it like cheesy stew.
3: And that's it really the good. trick. So uh, all of these single-serve uh, packages, uh, single-serve me- meals... Are come in at around 330, 360 calories. That kind of varies a little bit, but it's less than 400 calories, which is probably not enough if you're actually backpacking and carrying, a, you know, all your food and stuff. You want to supplement that with something else like the cheese stick
4: that Severia mentioned. Wow, this is not bad. It smells and tastes like like a vegetarian entree. Yeah. Um, but it actually tastes like real food, which is. Yeah a welcome change of pace from many frozen ready to eat uh, backpacking meals.
1: Yeah, and I think the approximate fill line, fill line was good. I think if you wanted more soup, soupy, like if you wanted more of like a soup versus hearty, you could add a little bit more water, but it's great.
3: Good well, job. That's always an option. So, yeah. you can always add water. You can take can't take it away, though. That that doesn't work so well.
0: I think it's good, but I if I I think if I was to bring this, I would I would plan to, to add something to it like a cheese stick or maybe some like get like some chicken or something you know or some mm-hmm. or some freeze-dried like meat or something just to add a little bit to it it's it's uh but it is tasty a lot of a lot of celery very celery e is that i don't know if that's a word i don't know yeah well let's but. see so
3: the ingredients in here we have um and this is in the order of, the, of volume so onion carrots dried navy beans fennel celery you got the, nailed the celery uh, dried kale garlic dried potato flakes extra virgin olive oil sweet potato powder nutritional yeast sea salt fennel seed dried thyme black pepper and bay leaf so nothing that sounds like a chemical or you know built in a lab or anything like that so really good stuff okay now
0: we're we're moving over to the chowda. The corn yeah. chowder. This
1: I'm also kind of embarrassed because I asked her on the interview, do you have anything that's classic New England? And clearly I didn't know that this one already existed. Mm. So the answer is yes. Yes, they do.
4: Um, is anyone else from New England here? Nope. No? Okay. I'm from New England. Um, so I have very strong opinions about chowder. Uh, and I don't know if I would call this a chowder. Um I feel like maybe with more water, it would be more of a soup. Yeah. The flavors aren't bad, um, but I'm used to, uh, for a corn chowder, I'm used to a lot creamier uh, texture and flavor and a little bit more salt in it. Um, I think with, with a little bit of salt and maybe there's whole milk powder in here, but maybe with a little bit more, maybe powdered milk, uh, this would be more similar to what I would consider as a lifelong New Englander, a chowder. <laughs> Maybe a little more liquid. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Probably have, going back it.
1: to the previous point of you can always add that water But you can't take it away.
0: I would agree. I like the flavor. I think it's good. I, I would add more water though. I've never had I've never had corn chowder Ever. Oh,
3: okay. So I have nothing to go by and I'm kinda like, it's okay. But well, you know, I could take it or leave it. Yeah. Okay, next up we've got the chicken gumbo. Oh, looks kinda good. I'm gonna dish a little bit out here and pass it around. The rice looks awesome and the yeah. the okra actually looks really nice. Hmm, okra a little chewy.
4: Or the one bite I I had was. Yeah, the okra's a little chewy. The rice is good though. It's got a little bit of a spice to it too, which is nice. You might have to
3: like dig in to find the chicken cuz I'm not even seeing any chicken in in the bit that I got out.
1: I wonder if it's ground chicken because there's something in there It looks like maybe it's...
4: Yeah. Oh, it says chicken, chicken raised without antibiotics and rosemary extract. That's cool. I like the spice on this. Mm-hmm. I, again, I, th- I might add a little bit more salt to this. Yeah. Um, one of the things I like about Good To Go is that they do not have a ton of salt in them compared to a lot of the other... Freeze dried or um, ready to go meals, but I feel with two things now, I've said that I want more salt in them. So maybe it's not quite enough salt for me,
3: or maybe it's something that it's up to personal taste, and that, that yeah. I kind of like that. Yeah. You know, yeah. that i I can add to it. You know, I usually carry a little bit of salt and pepper and some hot sauce and some things like that. I would add some hot sauce to this. Mm-hmm. I would add some salt and pepper, and then if I had some, uh, you know, some
0: sausage, that would be awesome. You know? Sausage would be great with this. Yeah. Yeah. Even just like some salami or something, you threw it in there and just yeah, something exactly. that added like that yeah. little. Cut it up into chunks. Kick. One, one thing I like about it too is like, you can taste spice. There's a little kick to it. There's a little heat to it, and, and I like that.
1: Yeah, and I'm not a spicy person. Like I don't do well with spice. But this is more that flavorful spice versus
4: mm-hmm.
1: I can't feel my lips spice.
4: It's <laughs> so not like heat it for just the sake yeah, of heat. Yeah, it's like yeah. good for flavor. Yeah, that that is a really good spice level and you're 100% right I like the salt level here is good you should always take salt with you um, to your to your taste but that's that's pretty tasty so the next step
3: and the final uh, the final item is the Mexican quinoa bowl which I've had before so and I, I, I really enjoyed it the beans look great the quinoa is good if you're into quinoa not everybody is but you know
4: this is delicious <laughs> this is really good. I actually, in my slow cooker at home right now, is something that is very similar to this. Um, so I am, I'm, I'm pro quinoa. I'm pro like quinoa bowl situation. This is really, really good. I would eat this like as a regular meal at home.
1: I just liked your face when you put the food in your mouth. You were like, oh, like you're so excited.
4: <laughs> I really
3: <laughs> what like food. but you
1: can't see through <laughs> the
3: that's podcast. The, I think that's the really great test is that if it's something you would eat, not after hiking for 10 miles and getting hot and sweaty and, and starving, but actually eat at home, then it, it that's really something. That's a keeper.
4: Yeah, I'm. I'm going to take a photo of this one to get it for my next <laughs> camping trip. This one's really good. And I think all of these are good candidates
3: for sort of supplementing with other things like the string cheese or the sausage or a little hot sauce or, you know, whatever it might be just to kind of kick it up a notch and make it a little bit different and add some calories as well.
0: Yeah, um, I enjoyed all of them. I, I do like the Mexican quinoa bowl, but I will say I think any of these, if I were to bring them. I would add something to them. That's just my palate. I think my palate wants like a, a more substantial protein element to it for like if it's going to be a dinner. Something to chew on. Yeah, something to chew on a bit. And and again, some of these, I don't think, actually, I, I think the flavor of this Mexican bowl is dead on. I don't think I would add salt or anything to it. I would add salt to the um, the corn chowder um, and the other one. But yeah, yeah, super delicious. I think, uh, again, I would just plan around these and I would add You know not much just like maybe some chicken maybe some some freeze-dried ground beef or something and just to kind of kind of make it uh stick to the ribs a little bit more
1: yeah and the quinoa ball is quinoa bowl is gluten-free and vegan so that's actually a nice combination for people yeah. who have different dietary well, stuff. I
0: didn't know that before. Stuff. I now hate it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm kidding. I'm Wait, kidding. It's because an antitastion. good. I'm, and <laughs> I'm That was a joke.
3: There's a lot of people who are, you know, have for various ish reasons need to eat gluten-free. And so it's great that there are some tasty options like the Mexican Queen Quinoa Bowl that fit that bill.
1: Is yours, the one over the bag over there, is that one gluten-free too? Yeah, it looks like all of these actually are gluten-free. Gluten-free
3: and vegan. The kale and white bean stew, yeah.
1: So we have two that are gluten-free and vegan, and then we have one gluten-free for carnivores and one gluten-free for pescatarians. So that's really nice, yeah. Yeah. And it's nice that it's called out right on the front of the package. Mm
3: -hmm. Yeah, and the the other thing that you can do, like, a, a lot of their meals are vegan, um, from good to go, and I—if I, you want to, you can always add protein to it. You know, throw in some That's beef super jerky easy. or you know some canned uh, fish or whatever it might be.
0: Yeah, good stuff. Well, uh, why don't we go around? You're guest, Casey. Which was your favorite? Um, Absolutely, the quinoa bowl is my favorite here.
1: I concur.
4: Jeff. Uh, yeah, I'm going to say the quinoa
3: bowl. I love this. I love the, the, the spiciness. I love the flavor of it. And I love just the, uh, I'm already thinking about like how I can supplement this to make it even better. You know, a little bring a fresh avocado on the first day of the trail, slice that over the top. Oh my God.
0: I think I'm actually going to go with it. I'm going to be the contrarian and go go with the chicken gumbo because I do feel that's the one I'm most likely to to buy and bring and supplement and create a meal around. I, it's not that I do like the Mexican quinoa bowl, but I feel like I've kind of come up with my own ways of of getting like the Mexican food fix in the outdoors that I would I would probably choose over this. Not that it isn't really good. I just kind of it's, it's just probably not something that I would I would I would buy buy for myself. But OK, yeah. OK, so, Jason, you have
3: all four of these in your pack. Yeah. What's the last meal that you what's the one you you save for the last day or that extra meal that, you know, just in case?
0: Oh, boy. Maybe the um, the kale one. I, I probably that that's just but to be fair that's that's not something that I would eat like are you kale intolerant
3: Jason? I'm not really
0: kale intolerant <laughs> but I'm not gonna lie it's like not my favorite you know what I mean like if I saw I would never order that on a menu I would never whatever so it's not per se a dig on the meal per se is just just it's just not not really like that kind of thing is not I, my I cup of tea. I get that
3: entirely I'm kind of like that with beets yeah. yeah so like if it were a beet stew
0: forget it you know I'm not gonna order that
1: which is funny cuz the salad i had today was kale and beets. Oh <laughs> gosh. <Yeah. laughs> which i love. <laughs> to each their own. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, and the good to go ones i do i do really like their pasta that that marinara the penne the marinara i think and I, and i like their chili and those are ones that i that i eat regularly. So so it's cool to kind of expand expand upon my 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 tests on, on what they've had. I think i've had their pad thai and, and actually quite liked it as well. So Yeah, the pad thai is really tasty from them.
1: And the mushroom risotto, so good. They have a lot of them. So (laughs) They do. One one of the things I really
3: like, though, is that while most of the meals that we've tested are two servings in a bag, these are single serving. And so when my wife Joan and I go off for a three-day trip or something, we can take a a mixture of things. We don't have to even eat the same thing for dinner. So we could, you know, you might not feel like kale and white beans, you know, tonight. And uh, she might, so... Uh, it gives you some flexibility in those regards.
1: Yeah, I don't, would also say these all rehydrated really well. I feel the past or the other ones that we've done. Yeah. There's always been one or two of the meals that's like weirdly crunchy or yeah, didn't what, quite. What
3: was that crunch? Yeah, that what, I just what ate? was that crunch?
1: <laughs> yeah. But all three of these kind of came back. Aside from you know maybe adding more water to the stew or the chowder. Yeah. Um, which is easy. They all they all actually came came to life yeah. very yeah. well.
0: They, they, they all seem like food, yes. I
4: mean, not something that's been like frozen and rehydrated.
0: Yes. They are a bit longer on the rehydration though than some of the others. Just so you do, you are aware. Like some of the other ones are more in that eight to ten minute range, and these are these are fifteen minutes. Fifteen, and I think one or two might be eighteen to twenty if I'm not mistaken. All of these were fifteen
3: exactly. All of these
0: were fifteen. Yeah, yeah. but I think if you go to the double, the two two serving package, yes. it does go up a little bit. That's probably it. So yeah.
1: Hi everyone, this is Severia, one of the co-hosts of the Almost There Adventure Podcast, which you're listening to, and the founder of Adventurous Women. We are really excited to be bringing you these episodes for the month of March, featuring amazing women doing extraordinary things. And on that note, we would love to invite you to one of the Adventurous Women Escapes. They are all-inclusive outdoor weekends for women, and they include everything, lodging, food, activities, and just a great way to get together with a bunch of other women in the outdoors. And we are offering, for being a listener, $200 off using the code ALMOSTTHERE200. The number is 200, almost there, uh, to get $200 off the escapes, and we'd love to see you there. You can find out more information at our website, adventurouswomen.com, and that is A-D-V-E-N-T-U-R-U-S, women.com. Hope to see you there, and thanks for listening.
0: All right, well, that wraps up our four-part series featuring awesome adventurous ladies for Women's History Month. We hope you enjoyed that. We are back to every other week, starting right now. Please follow us at almostthere_ap underscore AP on Instagram and on Facebook. If you haven't already, subscribe to us, and if you like us, give us a rating. If you don't like us, I think I heard they no longer do ratings anymore. You can also follow Severia at Adventurous Women, that's Adventure Us Women, Jeff at The Soquel Hiker, and me at The Muir Project. Our next episode is dedicated to the Wonderland Trail, which, if you don't know, circumnavigates Mount Rainier up in Washington State. Jeff and I hiked it last year, so Severia puts us in the hot seat, along with our friend Derek from 100 Peaks, who hiked it along with us. We also talked to our friends Paulina and Mac about their far different experiences on that very same trail, so make sure to check
2: that out, and as always, thanks for listening.